0: Your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Friday of Lacrosse Talk PM. You want to just move? Maybe you go way over there. It sounds better. 608 785 7914 is the talking text line. UW Lacrosse, political science professor Dr. Anthony Tchigorsky on today. I'm like, you in two? You're in two. All right. Number two. All right. Happy Friday, Rick. Yeah, all right. I got a. I put a take on, I put my first uh, Friday tease take on, on the Facebook page, Daylight Savings. That's gonna, quite a tease. We're yeah. going to lose an hour, yeah. Sunday night, end yep. of our Spring forward, fall back. Sunday night, right? right. Sunday or night. Saturday. At yeah, 2 a.m. Sunday, Sunday morning. At 2 so a.m. Right in the middle of
1: our weekend. Right. We're going to lose this hour. Just make sure you're awake at 2 a.m. To see
0: it. Well, to see it. Or not see it. Because well, we won't see the two, right? That's The right. right three on our phones just won't even exist. Um, how many clocks in your house are just, you know, already set for what we're at? Oh, so one? so many clocks
1: have to be changed. But with no, the- how many clocks don't have to be changed because oh. you didn't
0: change them the first time?
1: Well, that's the great thing. Like with the advent of cell phones and laptops and tablets, they change on their own, but. And we all had that old car back in the day where you had no idea how to change the darn clock on the I'm pretty sure the car
0: I I'm pretty sh- God, I never thought about that like does my car change automatically? Is it smart enough to do that? I guess i don't i don 't know I guess i don 't have
1: to look. yeah, um, you got to change mine manually, but this is the first car i 've ever had that I actually can figure out how to change the clock there's no
0: Uh, camera in here yet we're working on that but uh how many people have that clock and i'm pointing like towards the ceiling (laughs) have that clock there because i definitely have that clock where a either the battery dies because i'm using like free harbor freight batteries that right after 12 you know 12 hours or b it's just up high and i gotta like climb onto the back of the couch and and maneuver and then once i change the clock the hardest part is getting the clock back into that little screw on the wall and you can never do it it takes like 20 minutes you
1: oh that's such a pain yeah is that's the best argument against not buy against buying one of those clocks that you have to climb up and grab don't buy them because twice a year it's going to be a real pain in the neck that's you to be lacrosse political science professor dr anthony jagoski
0: we're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff but yeah the idea not that, just clocks the <laughs> idea that we do daylight savings time in the it's middle, ridiculous can, you want to win an election Propose legislation that we're going to end daylight savings time if we're going to not end it, period, and just leave the clocks the way they are going to be here in the end of the weekend. Yeah. Propose legislation that we flip the clocks right now. Yeah. We flip them at noon on a Friday. Okay. So at noon on a Friday, all of a sudden, it's 1 o'clock. Yep. And you're four hours away. You know, if you really wanted to do it, you'd do it at 4 on a Friday. But I want to make sure everybody gets Out of work an hour earlier. So noon seems like a safe time for me. When it's noon, all of a sudden it's one, and you're like, all right, I only got a couple more hours. So, uh, you know, the the argument you could do it at 8 a.m. on a Friday, but then I think people
1: are like, crap, I got to get up. this is what can save the Democrats in the midterms. If they pass this law, then maybe they can actually gain some seats in Congress rather than losing their majority. I mean,
0: who's voting against this? I mean, if the no, Senate, is no the one. Senate going to filibuster the idea that we're going to we're just going to gain an hour? We're going to lose an hour of work on a Friday afternoon? Oh, people
1: will storm the Senate like january 6th i don't think you could do that i don't (laughs) think you could no it's too soon (laughs) january all over again (laughs) unbelievable all right
0: so other things on here that i want to talk about uh very important things i'm going to explain this to you team doors or Mm -hmm. team wheels now did you Mm -hmm. cheat and look what i meant i did not cheat okay are you team doors or team wheels and what i mean by that are there more wheels in the world Mm -hmm. or are there more doors in the world Ooh, that's a really good question. I'm going to go with wheels. Okay, so you think wheels. Now think about how many doors are in the State Bank building across the road. Sure. You know, or how many wheels are in the parking ramp across exactly. the road? Exactly. Right. So you think wheels, just because because every car has four. Exactly. Four. Yeah. How many doors are on a car? No. <laughs> wait a minute now. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Uh, you go to the grocery store. How many doors are in the freezer section?
1: Yeah, but what
0: about the shopping carts you use? <laughs> that's, what, that's where I was yeah. going right after that. It's, yeah, it's such a weird, and it's just something that's going off on social media. Team door, or team wheels, and then you just get, and then you go to the comments, and you just see stuff like this. There's, you know, shopping carts versus freezer doors versus office doors versus. Uh, car wheels versus, you know, those uh, shoes that have wheels. How many of those are there? Oh, yeah.
1: Those were cool back in the day. <laughs>
0: back in the day, I feel like they're still cool.
1: You just kick them out and roll right down the hallway at elementary school. 608- and you were the coolest kid in the class.
0: 608 <laughs> <Yeah, okay. laughs> Give me your reason why your team door or team wheels. How many wheels and how many doors? Which one has more in the world? Te- wheels? More wor- wheels in the world? More doors in the wheel. Uh, what else did I have that was really important? Um, burger King in London is going vegan. Really? For, for a month trial. Yeah. The 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 big I guess there's maybe a big Burger King in London. So in in London the Burger King Burger King which I think now Hardy's is like the king of promoting uh the fact that they just don't care about your health and it's all about in and Harvey's is going that way it's about the meats, right? right. But uh, Burger King literally in its name burger and it's going vegan how <laughs> that Yeah.
1: One? Well, Rick, I, it is a thing. I mean, like I like my wife is a flexitarian, meaning she's not a vegetarian, but if she has the option of not having meat, then she'll go with that option. The like Ch- Chipotle, you can go with exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. Like she 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 will eat meat. But if she has the option of like a meatless burrito at Chipotle, she'll go with that option. I think a lot of people nowadays are kind of going that direction. I will, I will at
0: the burrito places because when you, I mean, the, it, if you get a steak one or like some of that stuff is way different. But the 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 vegan meat, whatever you want to call it, at Chipotle, I'm good. I'm good to go there. That's what I, I'll go with that. I haven't had it yet. Is, is good? It's.
1: It's, it's okay. There's so much stuff in the burrito <laughs> know, that you can't go wrong. That's the thing. Like you pack up the burrito with uh, all that you want, and you forget what you even ordered in the first place. The only thing is, is I'm not putting beans in my burrito. I hate beans. Really? I don't want that's me. a contra. That's that take is more controversial than your really? daylight.
0: Nah, uh, hate it I mean, beans. It's so gross. Beans absolutely belong in a burrito. I mean, I just think of like the movie Blazing Saddles when they're eating the beans around the fire and uh, <laughs> and farting all time. <laughs> yeah. All right, we. We've got to take a break. Brad's got to do the news. Very much more serious topics coming your way on a Friday. Alright, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. You be lacrosse. Political science professor Dr. Anthony Tygowski in here with me today talking about very serious stuff like very serious like the daylight savings time which uh, somebody texted in and said there was legislation a year ago to just keep what the clocks will be after the weekend uh, a bipartisan legislation but we never see it. we never see it. a change Donald Trump talked about keeping it I believe the way it will be after the
1: weekend mm-hmm. I was all for it I'm like yeah wow well, I would agree with Donald Trump on so Yeah, this doesn't have to be a partisan issue, right? Just find some areas where you can get common ground and getting rid of daylight savings time should absolutely be a common ground bipartisan win for Congress. I mean, come on. We need – it is long past time to get rid of daylight savings time and stop this absurdity of falling back and springing ahead and having to figure out how to change the clock in your car that you have no idea how to change. Are you pro –
0: are you pro the way it is now or pro the way it is will, it will be after the weekend?
1: Oh, well, I, I want I want it to not be dark when I leave my office. I am pro whatever plan right. accomplishes that. And that's
0: got to be the majority of society, right? Because how many people are getting up at 7 in the morning and going outside for the day? For, right. <laughs> nobody, nobody. No. You might go for a jog. And kids, I think the biggest argument is the kids are out by the side of the road waiting for the school bus. Sure. Um, so they can't do that in the dark because – because what the, the cars will run them all run run into them on the in on the in the driveway I don't know look i, I
1: there there are some real safety concerns that we have to deal with but don't aren't there trade offs to either approach here <laughs> like you either have it lighter in the morning or lighter in the afternoon I, I just think that we need this seems like something that the american public is ready for to just Move on from daylight savings times. Stop changing the clocks. Just move on and. Will your opinion change in a couple of weeks, <laughs> or a couple, well, a couple of months when you have a
0: kid and uh, your kid gets a, maybe a couple of years when your kid gets older and you're trying to put your kid to bed and it's still light outside because that's probably the other biggest argument. That could absolutely change my mind. By the way, my wife is 32 weeks pregnant today. This is how we're winning elections. We just we point to a a, a thing. And then say for the kids. Just because, for the kids. Yeah, we're doing that. we're we're keeping the clocks, we're keeping it dark at five PM for the kids.
1: Yeah. But what about us adults, Rick? Well, we like, got to put the kids to bed.
0: Yeah, true. And we can't let people kill our kids on the side in the driveway waiting for the bus. It needs to be light out for them. Well, this will
1: be a good experiment if having kids changes
0: my political views. It'll be interesting. Um, all right. So let's get into okay, we hit on that. Um we we passed a 1.5 trillion dollar bill yesterday. Yeah, that no big, like deal, big deal, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> what is this? Because it, apparently it's months late. Is it? Do, does it have a catchy like Build Back Better American Rescue Plan Act? Uh, the Biden bucks? What? The, no catchy got your name
1: Rick the budget process in congress is beyond ridiculous at this point and this is bipartisan so sure the democrats have the majority right now and we can absolutely criticize the democrats for having this massive spending bill come through without any chance to read the bill and really people not knowing what's in the bill, and it just being a rushed process that didn't go through the normal channels of committees. And, and so the budget process in Congress is beyond broken at this point. It needs to be completely restructured for the way that Congress exists today. And this is something that both parties need to work on because the budget process has been broken under Republican majorities. It's been broken under Democratic majorities. But yeah, this enormous spending bill to keep the government open and also to have some emergency funding for the Ukrainians and other issues like that and we had as usual our two senators going in different directions on this does, issue does ron johnson have a point because
0: ron johnson he put does. Out a ron johnson put out a three sentence statement that said this this uh, this 2700 page 1. trillion dollar package
1: is too big, we didn't have enough time to read it, we shouldn't be passing it like this. He absolutely has a point. The process is completely flawed. You know, in his statement, he said, once again, Congress is voting on a massive bill, 2,700 pages that no one has had time to read, spends $1.5 trillion and further mortgages our children's future. Now, there he's more talking about the influence that this bill has on the debt and the deficit.
0: What did I just say a couple minutes ago about how, how do you win how do you win the argument? For the children.
1: For the children, right? You talk about how this is going to influence the debt and the deficit. 20, 30, 40, 50 years down the road. Just make any issue. Pick an issue and then just save for the
0: children. Yeah. And save the whales. like this. Is and the gonna... whales. <laughs> Tam... Ron Johnson's like, hey, this is for the children. And Tammy Baldwin is like, no, it's the Save the Whales yeah gotta... It's the Save the Whales Act. Maybe that's what it should have been I called. mean, do we care more about the children or the whales? I mean, if it was Save <laughs> the Dogs, we'd all be like, no, we got to save the dogs. Because, you know, if there's a story about how a dog needs help, everyone wants to share it. And if there's a story about 100 people in the cross that need help, eh, that's why we're spending money on it.
1: Rick, I love the observation you made about how Ron Johnson's statement on the spending package was three sentences long and Tammy Baldwin's was about 1,800 words. Yeah, 1,800 words.
0: (laughs) Tammy Baldwin put out a statement, 1,800 words. Go check it out. And it's bullet points, so it's easy to read, and you can just grab where you want to start. She's got a Western Wisconsin section and how the $1.5 trillion bill affects all of Western Wisconsin. I think in there, Cooley Cap gets a million dollars, uh, different entities getting a million dollars. It's bullet points, so it's great for talk radio. It's probably not great into the details, like Cooley Cap gets a million dollars to open a child care facility or something like that uh, for child care. I think it's very general Um so there's something so, in there for like Gunderson, something just in there. It yeah. sounds like the twenty seven hundred page bill was something that Ron Johnson didn't read and Tammy Baldwin did. That's what it sounds like to me. Tammy Baldwin, what's what other job do you have than to read the twenty seven hundred page bill and take some notes?
1: What I would wonder about is if Tammy Baldwin had a major role in writing the bill because the Democrats are in the majority in the Senate. She's a Democrat. The Republicans did not have much of a say, though many Republicans did vote for this I think, bill. I think actually you have a point. I gotta pull the email up but keep keep going because she she did she she did
0: mention in her statement she's part of blah 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 committee, but I gotta find it.
1: Yeah, and so I think the content of the bill reflects the fact that Tammy Baldwin had a lot of influence in writing the bill, and this was not an open process, as we noted. The process was completely bogus. It, Congress needs to have an open, transparent budget process, and this was anything but open and transparent. But no doubt, she had a hand in Tammy, whatever murky processes were going on. Tammy Baldwin, a member of the Senate Appropriations Committee. Oh, there you go. So it's right, yep. she's there right in the mix. She's very much in the mix, and that's reflected in the uh, in the numerous specific provisions that are targeted. Toward Wisconsin, you mentioned Cooley Cap. There's there's 900 bullet points out here. Yeah, I mean UW
0: Health, Wisconsin Institute for Health, Northeast Wisconsin, Brown County, Appleton, something, Western Wisconsin. Where is it? Oh, you going to scroll down. Uh, there's just there's all kinds of stuff. Uh, it, it, like, so clearly she had to a read the bill because she wrote the bill.
1: It's really the old school politician style, Rick, where. A politician comes up with specific spending items, specific programs that are aimed for the people they represent. They bank on people rewarding them in elections for funding this program in their community or that program in their community. So Tammy Baldwin has really become like an old school senator in this respect, that she really views this type of style as being a winning style where she can point to this thing for Sparta and this thing for and this thing for Holman and talk about these specific elements of the bill, how this is really impacting people's day-to-day lives. While Ron Johnson, meanwhile, did not engage really at all with the substance of the bill, he focused on the top-line numbers. So you had a completely different approach here where Tammy Baldwin did not focus on the amount of money. She did not focus on the process. She focused on the contents of the bill. Ron Johnson did not focus on the contents of the bill but made legitimate points about the process and the overall amount of money. Two things. Tammy Baldwin, maybe it's three things. Tammy Baldwin, it's not election year for her, so the she side.
0: doesn't care. Another thing, yes, she, every bullet point is a different part of Wisconsin. Yeah. It would be great for an election year because you'd be like, oh, that's pretty smart. Um, stuff like City of River Falls,
1: $1.6 million for West Central Wisconsin biosolids facility improvements. Look, there's Very a awesome. there's a reason she won her last election by 11 points. She's a savvy politician.
0: Coolie Cab, $1 million for a daycare facility. A, For a day center, day center. Oh, I'm going to have to text her. She got a little misprint there. Uh. For a day center. See, earlier today, I thought that read daycare center. I was like, that's interesting. So, my bad. So, $1 million to Cooley capped for a day center to provide a centralized hub for individuals who are experiencing homelessness. Or are at risk of homelessness. I don't even want to get into the homelessness. Oh, no, I'm no, sorry no, no, no. I even read it. Boys and Girls Club of West Central Wisconsin, $800,000 for renovation. Very simple. You can point to everything. Yep. And I'll say, because you say Ron Johnson three sentences, yep. I'll say Tammy Baldwin 1,800 words. This is not unique for this bill. Tammy Baldwin no. puts out statements, and she points to all the things that the bill that she approved or disapproved, she puts out statements like this that are very informative. Uh, very geared towards Wisconsin. The only thing I will complain about, and I had to email Tammy's handler. I had to email her and go, hey, is this thing that you put out? Because the headline for her on her website is, Baldwin works to secure more than $187 million for Wisconsin in omnibus appropriations legislation. And I had to say, hey, is this omnibus appropriations legislation? I'm doing air quotes. Is this that $1.5 trillion package? Because it doesn't mention that anywhere in in the statement, which... Probably looks – is that fishy? Because it, it seems like if there's no catchy name for the $1.5 trillion th- dollar thing, it's on the bus appropriations legislation. Yeah,
1: usually Congress, in all of their flaws and all of their brokenness, usually Congress can at least come up with a catchy name for the yeah, bills. Yeah,
0: get a get an acronym and, and, and hit it out. They're really good at acronyms, Congress, so they dropped the
1: ball on that one.
0: Well, they're really prevalent. I don't know if they're good at it, but they – ARPA – yeah, uh, that, that one sucks. BBB. Yeah. Build Back, Build back better. better. Biden, you could triple or quadruple be it. ARPA is, is stupid. The American Rescue Plan Act. Well, is it a plan or an act? Because <laughs> it doesn't work as ARP. Can't we just do ARP? ARP, ARP, ARP. I mean, it would have worked perfectly. Anyway, all right. I got to get Scott's comments coming up. Brad doing the news. We'll be back. Wheels or doors, people? Are there more wheels in the world or doors? I got to know. Shoot me a text and Why? Why are there more wheels? Why are there more doors? Okay. All right, welcome back to LaCrosse Talk PM. 608 785 7914 is the talk in line. If you want to get in here, UW LaCrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Trigoski is in studio with me. Happy Friday, Rick. Yeah, and we're doing this uh, conversation. What? is what has more in the world doors or wheels are there more doors in the world or more wheels it's it's a pressing issue we got to know uh Chris is calling in Chris more doors or wheels in the world
2: oh there has to be more wheels i mean think of all the ball bearings and all the little things in various machines in, in conjunction with how many wheels are used in all the countries that uh don't have automobiles or you know or limited amounts got
0: to be way more wheels way more wheels no, so my office building isn't a good argument because so many doors are in an office building
2: well how ma- how many wheels does it take to open the garage door for that office building
0: <laughs> all right uh, all right so we got one for team wheels all right well, you, you, hey, you I'm,
1: I'm on team wheels you're on team wheels yeah.
0: two for team wheels I'm I'm leaning doors here but you guys can convince me uh, all right Chris that's not why you called, but go ahead man
2: no. Hey, uh, you guys having a good conversation here, and you're saying, uh, you know, how do we fix this budget mess? And I'm just going to bring up a convention of the states could fix this by just amending the Constitution. It's not just the Democrats that do this. Act 10 was a Republican thing. Uh, the Democrats got their, I mean, their notoriety with uh, the Affordable Care Act in doing this thing. I mean, there's numerous ways. But we, the people, need to fix this, and we, the people, can fix
0: it. Amend amend what? The the
2: U.S. Constitution. I mean,
0: just a simple
2: idea. What's the amendment? Go ahead. What's
0: the amendment?
2: Uh, The amendment would be something like um, any any bill proposed, once it hits the floor, it can't be voted on for two days. So this thing that happened just the other day, That where you got an hour and a half to read it and vote on it. That doesn't happen. There's going to be a 48-hour period there.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, that makes Uh, sense. All right, man. Yeah, I I, I like where he's going with that. And I, you know, obviously that could be done in other ways. It could be done through Congress just changing its rules. Fine print on Tammy Baldwin's statement.
0: Bottom. Bottom line. Oh, okay. Bottom line. As if this. Fine print. Senator Baldwin's office began soliciting input for the appropriations requests from communities in every part of Wisconsin Mm. since April of 2021. Oh, my. So apparently this bill has been worked on since April of last year. It's been a long time coming, this bill. So it's not a less-than-two-day thing. It's
1: almost a a year, 11 months. No, that's right. But I, I, I like what the caller says about having time for the bill to just kind of sit there. In its finality. In its finality. Is that a word? Finality? uh, Yeah. To have the bill that will be voted on, just sit there for a while. And that gives them two days to think of an acronym. Yeah.
0: I mean, once you got it, because this bill got flown through
1: so fast, they didn't even get an acronym. That's the way I see it. Yeah. That's how you know a bill was really rushed in Congress, if they didn't even figure out a clever name for the bill. Also, no big
0: deal. I'm going to be that guy, but because... this bill only passes because there's a war between Russia and Ukraine, right? Because they 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 attached about 13.6 billion dollars in Ukrainian funding. I guess I don't even know how. Whatever you humanitarian and military funding. Every time something military goes through the the Senate, it's, whoop, we're good to go.
1: Pass it. The Senate loves defense spending, and that's a big reason why it was able to garner bipartisan support in the Senate. It had numerous Republican senators voting for it. Not a majority, but numerous Republican senators did get on board and support this government spending bill. Yeah, let's latch on. I don't, like,
0: let's latch on some Ukrainian... Sympathy, and that then the one and a half trillion passes without even thinking about the. We don't even do the whole conversation. How are we going to pay for it? Ron Johnson did a little bit, but he definitely didn't say, "Hey, why are we? Why are we rubber stamping another thirteen billion for military spending?" He didn't say that. He just said our children.
1: Well, people pick and choose, right? I mean, people find. Things that they believe are emblematic, uh, emblematic of wasteful spending, and they use that as a way to enter the conversation about the debt. Say, hey, this is an example of why we're bankrupting the nation. But obviously, there's a lot that has contributed to where we are in terms of the national debt. It's been decades coming in terms of the spending. There's no one thing that really drove the debt to the level that it is, but. I mean, we're th- th- we're thirty trillion in the hole, so it's going to take a lot to unwind this situation. Which, by the way, means that there's no perfect solution or no one solution to the debt. To the debt, it's going to take a very comprehensive approach to dealing with the budget situation. Once we're once we decide collectively that we want to dig out of this hole, UW lacrosse Lacrosse political
0: science professor Dr. Anthony Trzegowski in here with me on a Friday. I believe I don't know who this is. Caller, who's this? Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, who is this? Oh,
3: hello. my name is Nick. I didn't know I was on the air.
0: Hey, Nick, you know you're on the air now. Doors or wheels? How many in the world are there? More doors <laughs> in the world or more wheels? I gotta know. No, that's
3: a question is way over my pay grade.
0: Wait, no, that this is an easy question that everyone can relate to. This think about it, Nick. Doors in the world, wheels in the world. You gotta pick one. I'll, I'll go with doors. All right, two to two. All right, thanks, Nick. All right, uh, what did you want to talk about?
3: Well, I, I just want to make a comment about about Ron Johnson's concern for, about the deficit and remind everybody that he supported Trump's tax cuts for wealthy people and corporations, which raised the deficit a lot. And then the, last fall, he reminded us that he thinks that the 1% already pay their fair share. Now, corporate profits rose a lot during the pandemic, but 55 of the biggest corporations paid no taxes in 2020 and i just saw a report that says that the 14 richest americans are now worth 1.5 trillion dollars up an incredible 700 billion in less than two years
0: do you not understand trickle do you not understand how trickle works it's trickle down (laughs) and it's a trickle is not a faucet it's a trickle it's going to take probably 100 years for that stuff to trickle down to me and you
3: Yeah, I don't think I'll be here in 100 years.
0: Okay, well, I mean, the trickle started in the 80s, right, Tregoski? Did the trickle start in the 80s? So it's 2020. Are we starting to see some trickle? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the call, man. Uh, (laughs) Sounds like a question for your doctor. (laughs) (laughs) I am at that weird 40-year-old age where i got to start going to the doctor for certain things. Uh, 608-785-7914 is the Talk of Text Life if you want to get in here. Uh, what else do we got, Tchaikovsky, on this thing? I, I didn't think we would spend so much time. But, um, oh, it's the anniversary. Did we talk about this on the air yet? The anniversary of Act 10? Hey, hey Act 10. Robin Voss put out a statement. Uh, Act 10, 2011. So 11 years ago, right? 11 years ago. And he says in a statement quoting the MacGyver Institute. I say MacGyver. It's MacGyver. <laughs> the MacGyver Institute. Act 10 savings tops $15 billion since 2011. MacGyver Institute is a, is a right-leaning... Kind of – okay, it's a right – isn't the yeah. MacIver yeah. Institute uh, involved in some sort of lawsuit with Governor Evers where they weren't allowed into – Oh, that's right. Yep, yep. Yeah, yep. they weren't allowed into Governor Evers' press conferences or something.
1: Yeah, they, they're, they're upset that they didn't get access to some event that Governor Evers did. Yeah, that seemed kind of weird to me. It just seemed it like – It did seem uh, weird. Unless
0: – you know, like why can't any news entity just go to a press conference? Sure. Like why not? Um, I mean all the uh, – the, the Biden press conferences with Jen, what's her last name? Sa- Saki? Saki. Jen Saki. Saki are just any any. If you follow any Democratic page, it's never any of the other questions. It's just that Doocy dude from Fox. Peter News. Doocy. Those are the only clips. Oh, yep. Jen Saki gives it to Ducey, and I yep. like just roll my eyes because. But that's what – the McIver Institute would be in a Governor Evers press conference
1: asking him questions that he doesn't want to answer apparently. Yeah. Well, well, and and Rick, I thought Brad Williams came in here before this show and made a really good point about Act 10, how we've gone 11 years since Act 10 was passed. And approximately zero people have changed their minds in that 11-year time period And I thought Brad was spot on about this, and it's emblematic of the era of politics that we're in, where we are in an era of just unpersuadable people, where there's nothing that could happen to persuade the pro-Act 10 people that they were wrong. There's nothing that could happen to persuade the anti-Act 10 people that they were wrong. People have become really dug in on this. And, Rick, I think that Act 10 will prove to have a very important legacy in making political party politics extra vicious in Wisconsin. Of course – partisanship is significant all over the country, but we have to be honest that the division between the two parties and the level of conflict between the two parties is particularly nasty in Wisconsin, and there's a lot of blame to go around for that, but but Act 10 has a big role in that. This
0: thing happened 11 years ago. How many people Now getting into the teaching world, you know what Act 10 is maybe
1: because more because you're a political science professor or more because you're a teacher? (laughs) Uh, Because it – both. I mean because it affects my employment. I mean obviously I'm a public employee. But also it affects kind of what I do teaching because when I explain to students the legacy of Act 10 – it's clear what the legacy of Act 10 is, that there is now more distrust between people in Wisconsin. There's now a a growth in the divide between people in Wisconsin. So Act 10's legacy, you could argue that Act 10's economic and workplace and just the practical effects that it had on, on lives and on budgets, you could argue that that legacy on the one hand is every bit as significant as the political legacy that it left in terms of the bitter feelings and the partisanship and the sense that the other side isn't just the other side they're the enemy so I think you look at Act 10 and its legacy is so fascinating because it has for sure an important budget legacy, for sure an important legacy on employment, but it has this really significant partisan legacy that makes Wisconsin nice, you know, the, the nice old people of the Midwest, not so nice when it comes to political matters. Robin Voss puts out a statement saying that they
0: they saved, saved $15 billion, I don't know who who gets that money? I guess all the taxpayers save that $15 billion. But also, um, is that just $15 billion that, A, doesn't go to teachers and to school? I guess, I don't know if it's teachers or to schools. And then also, does that mean because that 15000000000 billion didn't get distributed to schools that we put out every, every two years a referendum saying, hey, t- ca- county taxpayers, we actually need a new gym, we need a new auditorium, We need new classroom whatevers, and therefore we got to put a referendum up to fund our schools because the the state isn't doing it.
1: And, Rick, the fascinating thing in the years since Act 10 has been the extraordinary success rate of the school referenda that have been put on the ballot here in Wisconsin. How, when these referenda are put on the ballot, they have passed at extraordinarily high rates. And in Wisconsin, we pay very high property taxes. Our, our property taxes are above the norm for the nation, and people have been willing to raise their own property taxes to fund schools. So that's another piece of the puzzle when you unpack the legacy of Act 10. Now, of course, there's going to be funny math all over the political spectrum when you are assessing the impact of Act 10. How much money did it save? What does it mean to save the state money in this context? How did it affect the desirability of teaching jobs? How did it affect the Budgeting of schools and are you saying we can't trust Robin Voss when
0: he says <laughs> 15 15 billion dollars has been saved? Like that's Robin Voss numbers or MacGyver Institute numbers?
1: Well, look, you know, we don't know what what does it mean for the government to save money. I don't I don't know what that means, and so it's consistent with our broader point here, Rick, that no one's mind could possibly be changed on Act Ten. It seems both sides can produce facts or at least their version of facts that support their view of the world. So it's a perfect situation for both sides here. It's a perfect situation for everyone that not only will they not change their mind, not only are people completely dug in on this, but each side, everyone can produce facts that support their point of view. That's the thing with a Uh, uh, With a law as complicated as Act 10 that has the effects that it does, you can find, you can absolutely find evidence that Act 10 might have had positive effects. You can absolutely find evidence that Act 10 might have had negative effects. It's the perfect situation for our era in politics of hopeless division and arguments that are pointless and go absolutely nowhere. 608-785-7914
0: 608 785 is the talking text line. That's UW lacrosse political science professor, Dr. Anthony Chergoski. He's Team Wheels. I'm Team Doors. Team Doors? Team Wheels. Who are you on? Whose side are you on? What's What has more on the planet, Doors or Wheels? I guess we could go beyond the planet if we just go maybe in orbit. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talking text line UW Lacrosse Political Science Professor Dr. Anthony Trugowski in here. I'm still a little little annoyed with the mics. I don't know what the deal is, so I'm sorry. I'm playing with the pot. I'm potting you up and down. Hear that?
1: Hello, hello, yeah, hello, see, hello, just, hello, hello, hello. It's,
0: it's making me itchy, and I apologize. Uh, but that's how we're going to have to do it until we figure it out. I want to I want to talk about this Joe Biden. In the midst of gas hitting 4.11, did it hit 4.09, 4.11, something yesterday? It's down a dime today. It's down a dime today. My wife alerted me. As Gas Buddy guy who I had on yesterday predicted, it would peak. He said it's peaked. He said yesterday it's peaked, and he was right. It down. Uh, Patrick DeHaan with Gas Buddy. If you want to listen to that, com slash podcast. You can listen to the conversation we had yesterday about gasoline prices but Joe Biden in the midst of gas going to an all-time high, I believe it either was real closer, uh, you know, close to what Joe, one of the George Bush's uh, era when gas was up there or Obama. Uh, he says uh, he's promoting people getting back to work. We need people to stop remote working and drive back to work. Okay. So take an hour of your day to drive. Also gas is an all-time high. So no big deal. We're going to be driving again. And uh, we've, pretty clearly worked out a, a scenario where remote working is great for almost everybody. I, I don't know a whole lot of people that are like, you know what, I really liked standing next to the water cooler and talking with uh, my, uh, my, my
1: coworkers uh, and then going back to a cubicle. There's a couple interesting things going on here, Rick. First of all, there is this remote work revolution where – the pandemic has allowed us to discover that a lot of jobs that were previously done in offices really don't need to be done in offices. They can be done remotely and they can be done just as well remotely as in the office environment. Now, that has real economic effects on the person selling people lunch at the office, on the parking ramps at the office, on the people who lease out the office space. So the economic impact of office work versus remote work is really interesting. And it's something that I'm sure the Biden administration and a lot of governors and mayors are cognizant of because the act of Buying a bagel from the local corner bakery uh, uh, where nearby your office, like that has real economic effects. So I think that is worth watching, but also worth watching is Joe Biden's, hey, let's get back to normal type of rhetoric. And this idea that he can improve his political standing, his approval ratings, by just kind of saying, look, pandemic's over. COVID, we're past that. Let's move on with our lives. Let's get back to our lives. Let's get back to the way we did things before. And his bet is that that kind of normalcy, that sense that we've moved beyond COVID will lift his approval numbers along with perhaps a rally effect, a rally around the flag effect that might accompany the Ukrainian crisis, where people kind of rally around the country's leaders in a time of difficulty. So this is all a very complicated situation with sort of what works best for workers, how the economic effects play out of office working, the political implications of this. It's there's a lot going on here. So getting back to normal, let's get back to normal by driving to
0: work. I feel like this is an evolution. We've evolved to not having to be in the office. Uh, Let's get back to normal. Let's start riding horses again. (laughs) I mean, A, it just helps because the gas prices are so high. And B, you know, why why evolve from horses to cars when we have perfectly good horses? Let's get back to normal. I feel like we've evolved beyond. I think uh, Republican Joe Biden is uh, more... Bowing down to corporate entities who fund all these elections, and uh, they have a lot of buildings. They own a lot of giant skyscrapers that are, you know, can pretty pretty much obsolete. We're not all working in cubicles in New York City anymore. We can do all this stuff at home in our living rooms, in our underwear, while wearing a suit jacket, right? How many, how many <laughs> Zoom meetings have you done? Uh, where you're maybe just wearing boxer
1: shorts. Well, I I did a TV appearance once where I was wearing a nice dress shirt and a tie and then pajamas. So... Pajama bottoms. Yeah, pajama (laughs) bottoms. My wife's got a great picture of this. They have
0: like the the hole in the back with a little square in the back for you to like flap down. (laughs)
1: Those (laughs) are onesies. No, No, they were... I I, I gotta show you this picture. No, it was like the early days of the pandemic and everyone was kind of digging, working from home and digging the new Zoom situation. And, And then we got Super tired of it. Those best, of us who are working from home. The best, yeah, a little. I guess.
0: I mean, some people maybe
1: do get tired from working from home. Teachers, especially. Right? I never, really I hard. never want to go back to Zoom teaching ever, ever, yeah. ever, I mean, ever, ever, makes, ever again. It
0: makes perfect sense in that regard. Other people yeah. don't want to go back to their cubicles, and um, corporations don't want these buildings that are obsolete. They, for some reason, like these buildings. I feel like we could sell these buildings and solve the housing crisis by there you go. converting them into into rentals. Affordable rentals, but that's not going to make them as much money. Apparently, I don't. I just don't understand why we would do this. And then the stupidest thing to do it in the middle of uh, you know the highest gas gas prices ever. Anyway, that's all the time we have for the weekend. Thanks a lot, Tchaikovsky. Thank you.